The following message comes to you from the pulpit of Zion Primitive Baptist Church in Zion, Alabama. For more information, please visit us online at zionpbc.com. I want to welcome you today to the Zion Primitive Baptist Church podcast. This podcast is an outreach of Zion Primitive Baptist Church, which is located in the Zion community near Gordo, Alabama. I'm Elder Chris McCool, and I serve as pastor of Zion Primitive Baptist Church. We are a congregation of believers in the sovereign grace of God where families worship together through the simple practice of preaching, praying, and singing. If you live in this area or are visiting here, we would love to have you attend worship services with us. We meet every Sunday morning at 10.30 a.m. and every Sunday evening at 5 p.m. and the first and third Wednesday evenings at 6.30 p.m. I'm happy to note that our daily podcast is featured on Grace Alone Radio, which you can find at gracealoneradio.net. You can find the schedule on the website, and you can also download an app to your phone so that you can listen wherever you are. Grace Alone Radio is a 24-hour streaming service which carries the message of God's sovereign grace around the clock and around the world. Zion Primitive Baptist Church is located at 9487 County Road 49, Gordo, Alabama. That's near the intersection of County Road 49 and Alabama Highway 159, about eight miles north of Gordo, Alabama, and about 10 miles northeast of Reform, Alabama. If you're interested in finding more sermons, you can go to our website at zionpbc.com, that's z-i-o-n-p-b-c.com, where you'll find all of our posted sermons as well as a link to subscribe to our podcast. You can also subscribe to our website which will update you every time a new sermon is posted. We have been looking at parenting and the responsibilities that parents have in child rearing. Parenting can be a daunting task at best, and it's especially difficult when done apart from the biblical pattern. We've been looking at the proper goals that ought to be set, as well as improper goals, and we're going to continue today dealing with biblical instruction on the priorities that we should set in child rearing. As we've said many times in this series, family matters. It matters more today than it ever has. And raising children in the modern culture is especially difficult. We need biblical instruction. I hope you'll stay tuned for the message today. But first, we have a song selection that we hope you'll enjoy.
I'm sure King Saul tried to teach Jonathan how to destroy his enemies and drive them before him and that sort of thing. But David taught his children about the fear of the Lord. Now, David didn't always model it like he should, and he didn't always get it right. We know that. Notice verse 15. The eyes of the Lord are upon the righteous, and his ears are open to their cry. The face of the Lord is against them that do evil, to cut off the remembrance of them from the earth. The righteous cry, and the Lord heareth and delivereth them out of all their troubles. You see, David, this mighty warrior, this mighty poet, in every way the world would describe a mighty man, he was a mighty man. The most important thing to him was to teach them, verse 18, that the Lord is nigh unto them that are of a broken heart and saveth such as be of a contrite spirit. Don't get lifted up with pride. Don't, don't put on your glorious crown and your, the trappings of majesty and get out there and try to parade it around. Be contrite. Remember that God is the God of the broken heart, not the proud heart. Pride is something God hates, you see. David didn't always model it, and you and I haven't either. But that's what we should be teaching both by word and by action. Another biblical goal of marriage, of family and parenting, is to teach your children the Word of God. Listen, we should not be teaching the philosophies of the world. You don't have to turn there, but over in Romans chapter 12, what does it say there in verse 1? I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Don't be conformed to this world. It's so easy. It's so easy. I, I, I remember the fears. Some of you young parents, you, you know what I'm talking about. Some of you older ones may remember this. I remember the fear of getting that baby home and realizing that this is, it's now on us. It's now on me to raise this child. It's, there's no, and there's no, you know, I was thinking there's no guidebook. Where, you know, they didn't give you a list, step-by-step -step list. But, but listen, there is a guidebook. It's right here. It's the Word of God. And if we'll stay in it, we can learn it. We, we should not go to the guides and counselors of this world. Look in Leviticus chapter 18 for a minute. And listen to what God says about the philosophies of the world. Now, of course, I know he's talking to Moses here as they're about to go into the land of Canaan or as they're approaching the land of Canaan. You know that they ended up 40 years wandering in the wilderness. But listen to what he says. The Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Speak unto the children of Israel and say unto them, I am the Lord your God. That's where we begin. There is one God and beside him there is none other. After the doings of the land of Egypt wherein ye dwelt, shall ye not do. And after the doings of the land of Canaan, whither I bring you, ye shall ye not do. Neither shall ye walk in their ordinances. Now listen, where are we today? We're living in Canaan. We're living in Egypt. We're living in Babylon. When the children of Israel were carried captive down to Babylon, they were instructed to stay faithful to the teachings of God, even in Babylon. This is what he's basically telling them here. Babylon hadn't come up yet, but it will down the road. He's saying, don't, don't, let your, don't teach your children the, the principles of Egypt. Egypt is a type of the world. This was literally Egypt, but Egypt's always a type of the sin-cursed world in, this, in the Bible. 
He says, after the doings of the land of Egypt, don't teach them. And after the doings of the land of Canaan, where you're dwelling, you don't need to teach them that. But listen, what, what are we to do? Verse 4, ye shall do my judgments and keep mine ordinances to walk therein. I am the Lord your God. See, God has the pedigree that demands obedience. I was given authority over my children I, as a parent. You, you as parents, same way. And they should learn to submit to that authority. But I didn't always get it right. I messed up. I can point you to specific instances as I look back in my life as a parent where I messed up. But God, God has the pedigree. God has the authority because he is always right. I am the Lord your God. Ye shall therefore keep my statutes and my judgments, which if a man do, he shall live in them. I am the Lord. You see, the philosophies of this world will drag us down. The philosophies of this world are generally contrary to the teachings of the scriptures. So we should not teach them the philosophies of this world, but we should teach them the word of God. Listen to what Psalm chapter 19 says about that. Over in Psalm chapter 19. Turn with me there just for a moment. We're going to go to Psalms and stay there. So you might want to turn over there. Psalm chapter 19 and verse 7. Listen to this. The law of the Lord. That's the word of God. Everything he's saying here is about the word of God. The testimony, the law, the statutes. That's the word of God. The law of the Lord is perfect, converting the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. The statutes of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. The commandment of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. The fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. The judgments of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. Now listen to what, how he describes them. He's already described them as the most perfect thing on this earth. You know, he's told us that they're perfect, they're, they're sure, they're right, they're enlightening, they're clean, they're true and righteous. And now listen, more to be desired are they than gold. Yea, than much fine gold, sweeter also than honey in the honeycomb. Moreover, by them is thy servant warned, and in keeping of them there is great reward. See, we should trust the word of God and obey the word of God just because he is God. I am the Lord thy God. You know, God, why should we obey you? Hey, one answer. I am the Lord thy God. That's why. Kind of like when I used to ask Daddy, why? Why have I got to do this, Daddy? Because I said so. <laughs> Because I'm your daddy. <laughs> but even my daddy was wrong from time to time. But our God is never wrong. He is our God. I am the Lord thy God. But it's more than that. These statutes and this word of God is more valuable than anything the world has to offer. And it's good for us. By these words, by them it says, is thy servant warned. And in keeping of them there is great reward. See, that that's, sounds like something important to teach our children, doesn't it? You say, well, let me show you how to climb the corporate ladder and get more and more valuable stuff in this world. No, 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 no. Because all those riches were told, make themselves wings and fly away. 
Let me, let me rather teach you, son, something that's more valuable than gold. He says, yea, than much fine gold. You can't find a, an ingot of gold on this earth that's purer than the Word of God. And there is great reward in keeping the Word of God. Listen, Psalm 119, the longest book in the Scripture, the longest chapter, rather, in the Scripture. It's all about the Word of God. It's all about the testimonies of God. Verse 9, Wherewithal shall a young man cleanse his way? By taking heed thereto according to thy word. There have been times when in each of my children's lives they've come up on something that was tempting them to move away from the Word of God or to do things that were ungodly. And in every case, I could give them all kinds of advice and I could say, you know, here's what's going to happen if you do this, but let me just focus you upon the Word of God. Get in the Word and stay in the Word because that's how you can cleanse your way. How did, how did the prodigal son, how did the prodigal son come back to where he was, from the pig pen to where his father was? Because he remembered the teachings that he had in his father's house. He remembered that in his father's house there was good. In his father's house there was valuable things. In his father's house there was much uh, to be desired. Because he had been taught that, he had seen it. He says, Wherewithal shall a young man cleanse his way by taking heed thereto according to thy word? One of the most important things you can teach your children is to get in the word. Because look at verse 11. Thy word have I hid in mine heart that I might not sin against thee. You know what he's saying there? He's saying if you'll study the word, there may be a time when you're faced with a particular temptation and the word you've studied will come back to you and remind you you should not engage in that particular sin. He says, I've hid your word in my heart but that I might not sin against you. But listen, you can't hide the word in your heart if you don't hold it in your hands. You got to have it. You got to read it. You need to teach our children to read the word of God. We're told in verse 105 of this same chapter, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. One of the things that hurts me the most as a parent is that I can't be there every step of the way with my children and help them to find the right path. You know, there's a point where you just have to turn them loose. You have to let them go. I mean, hopefully they'll come back and ask for advice, and mine do, and I'm sure yours do, but, but ultimately they are facing things that you can't be there to help them with. But there's something that can help them, the Word of God. It'll be a lamp under their feet and a light under their path. You know, perhaps the most important thing we can teach them is found here in verse 128. Listen to this. I know there's a lot of varying philosophies in the world. We're going to talk about that as we move forward in this study. Talk about discipline and how to do it. And there's all kinds of things out there in the world. But if you can impress this upon your children, this verse 128, listen to this. This will help them more than anything else. Therefore, I esteem all thy precepts concerning all things to be right. And I hate every false way. There is a lot of teaching out in the world today that's misleading God's children. In fact, Hosea puts it this way. He says, my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. Listen, that's my people, he said. He didn't say those reprobates out there. He didn't say the unregenerate, the non-elect. 
He said, my people are destroyed. There are children of God being destroyed by all these teachings about gender and sexuality and the things that are out there today. They're being destroyed by that child of God. If we could go back to esteeming all the precepts of God concerning all things to be right, we would be so much better off. 2 Timothy chapter 3. 2 Timothy chapter 3. Paul is writing to the young preacher there. And he says this in verse 14. He says, But continue thou in the things which thou hast learned and hast been assured of, knowing of whom thou hast learned them, and that from a child thou hast known the holy scriptures, which are able to make thee wise unto salvation through faith which is in Christ Jesus. Stop right there just to say we understand that salvation is not eternal salvation. That is a salvation here and now. The word of God will deliver us from the troubles and trials of this life if we'll, if we'll learn it and apply it in our lives. Now listen to what he says. He says, first of all, that from a child you've known this. His parents taught him, particularly his mother and grandmother, taught him the Word of God. And this is what the Word of God is good for. All Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect, truly furnished unto all good works. There's nothing wrong with a college education. I encourage any and all of you to seek it. Nothing wrong with that. You young folks, go for it. But more important than a college education is a scriptural education. Because I don't know about you, but what I see taught on the college campuses today is not very scriptural. All of my children that went to college and went through, they all went to the University of Alabama. You would think in Alabama, the heart of Dixie, everything that they're taught there would be at least somewhat middle-of-the-road conservative biblical teaching but it's not it's not they went they all went through uh departments that 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 were full of this worldly thinking and trying to push that upon them and if they had not been grounded in the scriptures they would have been thrown off track and the foundation would have crumbled because you see it's the scripture that we need, it says in verse 17, it thoroughly furnishes us unto all good works. The scripture is a thorough furnisher. Again, I'm not knocking education. If you want to get a degree, get it. I got two. I about got over them, but I got two of them, you know. I got, but, but it's, seriously, I say it facetiously, but it's been, it's been good for me in some ways. And it's, it'll be good for you in some ways, but it'll be horrible for you if you forget the word of God. If you leave the foundations of Scripture, which are the thorough furniture, if you don't ever go to school again, if you don't ever go to college, you've got a thorough furniture right here. You have all you need, you see. Another biblical goal, and we'll, as we bring this to a close this morning, is to teach our children to honor God. I've said before, we can't make them children of God. You know, as I look back over the generations of time, it seems like generally in the world today, there is a lack of honor of God, even by those that we might consider to be uh, reprobate. You know, there was a time, it seemed like in America, where even those who were not claiming in any way to be children of God at least respected authority and at least respected the consequences of, a, of 
uh, of wrong actions and and they're standing in the community. I can't say whether they're children of God or not. That's between them and the Lord. But my point is, is that we don't see that much anymore. And you know why? Because nobody generally is taught the fear of the Lord or to honor God anymore. And we don't have time to get very far into this this morning. So we're going to bring this to a close right here. And we'll come back to it next week. We should be endeavoring to teach our children to honor God. And that involves teaching them the meaning of true success. True success. I'm not going to turn there and read it, but if you go over to Matthew chapter 6 and you read that last 8 or 10 verses there, it tells you about what we're to seek first. And you know what that is? We're to seek first the kingdom of God. Not our own advancement at work. Not our accumulation of wealth here on this, in this world. You know, and if you go back to the book of Ecclesiastes sometime, read that book. I've been doing a study in, personally in that book. And it's been so, um, I don't know, eye-opening for me. Things I'd forgotten about. I, it's been a long time since I've just spent time in the book of Ecclesiastes. And it focuses upon everything under the sun. It, it focuses upon having a horizontal view and forgetting about God, just looking at what's going on out in the world. And if you look at what's going on out in the world, you'll come to some of the same conclusions that the writer there, Solomon, who wrote Ecclesiastes, came to. Vanity of vanities, all is vanity. The word vanity means emptiness. But then he gets down to the very end of the chapter and he begins to talk about getting old. And maybe I need to preach on that because I feel like I'm getting there. And he gives us a bunch of... Uh, uh, allegories, if you will, comparisons to the grinders ceasing, talking about the teeth and, and the, the light getting dim, talking about the vision and all these things I'm getting to experience, you know. And some of you have experienced it even worse than I have. But then he, then he gets down to the very, very end and he says this in verse um, 13. He said, let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. Fear God and keep his commandments for this is the whole duty of man. The whole duty of man. Remember we talked about success earlier, that, that your children being successful is a terrible goal, at least if, if you define success the way the world defines it. As we bring this to a close this morning, let's look back over to Joshua chapter 1, and we're going to see the definition of true success. And you know about Joshua. Joshua took Moses' place. Joshua began to lead the children of Israel after Moses' death. God came to him and he said, you know, you know, there in the first few verses, he says, verse 2, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now therefore arise, go over this Jordan, thou and all the people in the land which I do give them even to the children of Israel. And he talks about what he's given them there. And he talks about how that God is going to be with, he, he himself, God, is going to be with them. He tells them to be strong and courageous. And then in verse 8, he says, uh, he says the, This book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night, that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein. For then thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and then shalt thou have good success. You want to know how to be successful? You want to know how to teach your children to be successful? Teach them to meditate upon the book of the law, upon the word of God, day and night, 
and observe to do according all that is written therein. That, my friends, is true success. Teaching your children to honor God involves teaching them the meaning of true success. The cat's in the cradle. The American dream, those songs, listen to them. But don't get discouraged. They're focused upon what the world wants you to focus upon. They're teaching us according to the world's philosophies. And that can happen. We can slip into that. But let's go to the Word of God. We're, we're going to see next time that there's more to teaching your children to honor God than just teaching them about success. We're going to teach them about, need to teach them about self-control and respecting authority. And then we're going to see that there's some methods God has for us as parents that we should appropriate, that we should follow in raising these children. I know the world says you're not to spank them anymore. And beloved, I'll be the first one to, to try to prosecute you if you abuse them. But let me tell you, if you don't apply the rod, God says it's not because you love them. You know, I heard people say, I just can't spank my children because I love them too much. If you don't apply the rod, you hate them. That's scripture. We'll come to that at some point. Continue to pray for me as we move through this teaching on parenting. Thank you for joining us today on the Zion Primitive Baptist Church podcast. I hope the message has been uplifting and beneficial to you and that the Lord will continue to bless you to grow in grace and knowledge of the truth. Join us again tomorrow for another message of God's sovereign grace. If you would like to subscribe to our website, please go to www.zionpbc.com and sign up for email updates. If you have any questions, please feel free to contact the church at zionpbc1847 at gmail.com. That's zionpbc1847 at gmail.com. Or you can email me directly at jchrismacool at gmail.com. That's the letter J-C-H-R-I-S-M-C-C-O-O-L at gmail.com. Again, thank you for listening. May the Lord bless you is my prayer. We thank you for listening to today's message. For more information, please visit us online at zionpbc.com.